listeners, before we start today's episode, I have an ask. We want to know what you think of Love, Lead, Listen. Take a few minutes to take our listener survey at alphagammadelta.org forward slash podcast. The survey will be open until May 1st, 2021. So don't miss your chance to let us know what you think. And while you're at it, take a second to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps others find the show. And we love hearing what you think of Love, Lead, Listen. Welcome to Love, Lead, Listen, a podcast from Alpha Gamma Delta and generously funded by the Alpha Gamma Delta Foundation. I'm your host, Emily Weiss. Join us as we discuss topics that affect women of today and examine the ways that we can be women with purpose. Hello and welcome back to Love, Lead, Listen. Today's guest is Tega Aroraro. Tega is the creator of Tega Reacts on TikTok. Her profile has gained a million followers and 38 million likes during her time on the platform. She provides motivational and comedic content for her followers with her widely popular videos, which includes motivational videos and reactions to cooking videos. In addition, Tega is a campaign manager in the state of Michigan. Tega is an alumna of the Alpha Pi chapter at Wayne State University, where she held four officer roles, and she is the IRD 2021 speechwriter. Tega, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. It's really fun. I'm so excited to chat with you today. So you are the IRD 2021 speechwriter, which I know that's a big role. That's a big thing to speak to all your sisters via IRD. How are you feeling about that? Um, I was really nervous. I actually don't understand like what happened. It was like the middle of the night, sometime in like October. And in someone in the alumni board just gave me a call and I was like, who is this? So I answered and she's like, hi, I'm like with the alumni board. And I'm like, yeah, how, how are you? Did I do something wrong? Like what's going on? <laughs> are they kicking me out? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so then they were like, yeah, like we love your content. We've been watching you for a while, all this stuff. And we'd love you to write RD speeches. And I'm sitting here like, what explain what 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 I was really shocked because I'm sitting here like I've been to a lot of IRDs and never in my life would I be the person who they would ask to write a speech for I never thought that like my experiences would be worth you know people listening and they were like no 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 you made an impact for a lot of people and I think you writing a speech would be really great and I was like okay cool and then I assembled my team um of sisters and my advisor um or well, she's still my advisor and she's still my sister. Um, our advisor at um, Alpha Pi, Karen, I was like, yo, this is going down. I need your help. <laughs> I can't do this alone. And it was great. We like talked through some concept ideas of like what I wanted to say. And it kind of related back to the main message of like everything I say in every video about continuing on and my experience last year and how I accidentally went viral and it was not a plan. And, you know, it kind of led to writing a really interesting speech that I think um, a lot of people are going to be really excited to hear. I think they will too. And for if you're listening now, you can find Tega's speech on the IRD website, which is on the Alpha Gamma Delta website. So I'm curious, you talk about continuing in a lot of your videos. How did that message come about for you? So originally like that, slogan I guess came from my stepmom and my dad um we were just kind of raised to like keep pushing forward don't let anything negative get to you um which is really which is really nice I understand like it's really nice but 
two years ago, um, like June 26th, I was not feeling so great. Um, and my boyfriend at the time took me to the hospital. And that experience was like three days of being in the emergency room to finally getting admitted to finally having surgery and going through something super traumatic at a really young age. Like um, I lost an ovary um, at the age of 21. And that's something that shouldn't happen to someone my age and getting diagnosed with a chronic illness shouldn't happen to someone my age, like so many different things. And the one thing I remember was like my stepmom at the time walking into the room and I was like screaming down the hallway back to the room as after surgery, they were transporting me and um, screaming down the room because like my dad is like down the hallway and I saw him and I was like, hi, dad. And it's like post anesthesia and I'm all loopy. The nurses are like laughing because they know what's happening. And my dad has a smile on his face, but like he kind of looks really down. Uh, same thing with my brother as well. Um, but he also has McDonald's and my dad is like, she can't eat McDonald's. And so they're like now yelling in the hallway about McDonald's. But um, it kind of relates back to, I didn't see my mom at the time. And like 10 minutes later, she walks in and she she looks really down. It looks like she's been crying and she hugs me and she's like, you'll get through this, you'll continue on. And then we just spent that whole day like of me recovering just in bed, hanging with my family and my friends until the next day when a mob of doctors entered my room and they were like, I was like, oh, did you get out the like, tumor that you said I had they were like no the tumor was your ovary and I was like oh okay um no one let me know the day before um that's great and um my mom just kept saying like you'll continue on this is just a challenge and yes you now have to deal with multiple things for the rest of your life but I know you can continue and keep going and it's also an African saying like continue like a term of re-endearment um, about it as well and just kind of Mish mishmash of both of those things together just kind of led to the whole continue thing. It's just like motivating you to keep going or like you're enjoying something really great. But other than that, like that was, that's one of many traumatic experiences I've experienced, but that was one that like really shook me to the core that like, this is difficult. This is not something that people go through. And then them like, oh, okay, so we took out your ovary. Now you have PCOS. Live with this chronic illness for the rest of your life. Potentially never have kids. Deal with potential cervical cancer, breast cancer, and multiple complications. And I'm like, cool. I was just not feeling great on Saturday, and it's 4th of July, and I'm just here like, thanks. Um, this was not the plan um, for the entire weekend that I had planned or week I had planned, but... It was really, it was really reassuring that my parents were there, kept saying continue. My family was there saying continue. Like everyone in existence that I knew came, sent me messages, were super sweet. And even through the recovery process, which like I had to stay with my parents for a month, it was all about continue. Like taking my first steps, like right after basically being cut open, like C-section style um, was really hard. It took me an hour to walk around my block because I was in so much pain and everything like that. And my mom just kept saying, continue, continue, you can do it. Um, my cousin was next to me at the time. And my dad was next to me at the time. And they're like speed walking. And I'm like, I can't, <laughs> I can't do this. Give me like seven minutes to catch up to you. That sounds so typical for a brother of like, yeah, I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah, do what you need to do. But it really reinforced that um, continued mentality. And then I kind of led into March of last year and coronavirus hit and I was trapped in my house dealing with a lot of anxiety and depression. And I kind of just moved in with my parents, uh, siblings who did not live in the state of Michigan or 
used to live in the state of Michigan, but went out for college, all moved back because their colleges were closed. So like a bunch of siblings also like back together on the same roof. Um, and I started getting really sick again. Um, I was dealing with like muscular skeletal issues and stomach issues. And then I got really, really sick. Um, I was dealing with some blood sugar issues as well. And then I got coronavirus and that was great. Um, so I suffered through coronavirus as well. And the entire time my family was just like, continue, keep going. Um, and that just kind of led to me randomly started making TikTok videos and saying that and reacting the way I did and really just being more open and funny because the world was like burning. It was on fire. So I was like, why don't I just make something that will give someone joy? Even if it's like my two friends will watch it. TikTok was like, no, we're going to have millions of people watch it. It sounds like for your family, continue is like the mantra, like the go-to saying, right? Yes, and a mixture of other things, but continue is mainly like for me, I guess, um, in the sense of like when my mom says to me and when my dad says to me specifically, they just do, you know, you can t- continue to grow, you know, continue to learn. Like you're always saying that, um, but like it was mainly for me. Like anytime I said I couldn't do something, they're like, no, 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 you can't continue to do it. Like th- I don't understand why you're like feeling X, Y, and Z, you can't do it. And like they'll basically reinforce that idea for sure. So you mentioned that in your IRD speech, you mix that in there. And our IRD theme is connected for life. Can you tell me how you see continue and connected for life intertwining? Yeah. So I basically um, talked about it a little bit in the speech of how, how I went viral and was using the term continue and like, it was cultivated and continue to build relationships with sisters, continue to grow in your community, continue to grow in your professional life, um, valuing. One of the important lies of the purpose is like value the relationship with the chosen few. That really became clear during coronavirus for me. Very clear. Like my chosen few were like dropped down to like a couple of people. So I talked about that and how continue connected me to life in the sense of I was using that word in all my videos. And that connected me to not just billions and billions of people, but like thousands upon thousands of sisters, you know, like I wear like my AGD sweatshirts in my videos, not because like, whatever, these are just really comfy. And I'm like, yay. Those comfort color sweatshirts. You gotta love them. Yes. The things are great. Things are amazing. Um, And so I basically was wearing that and like thousands upon thousands of sisters will join my videos or follow me and like randomly there was one video that they started an AGD chain and I'm like people were like from Canada from you know Alabama from uh, Michigan X Y and Z and I'm like did y'all really just start a chain of sisters in this video <laughs> this is what I love to see and you know I reinforced that idea in my IRD speech as well and just making sure like you know connecting to life doesn't mean just other things, but connecting to the world around you, connecting the people around you. I was able to connect sisters from different parts of the world um, who aren't living in just um, Canada, but like New Mexico, Australia, um, and connecting them to each other through my videos and just wearing a sweatshirt and, you know, continuing to build those relationships with those people you developed, continuing to, you know, hold Alpha Gamma Delta values, um, continuing to grow in the collegiate and alum level, like continuing to fight through the pandemic and, you know, building that sisterhood and that bond. So definitely, um, that was kind of how I put it in the speech. I hope it comes across that way, but I think it makes sense um, as people kind of read it. I think it does too. I've read your speech quite a few times as someone that is working on it with you, but there's something to be said for 
connecting for life. It's outside of just a lot of people will go to college, they'll go through their collegiate experience and say, oh, that was fun. I'm done. But there's really a lifelong connection that you can have with your sisters. It's just special. It's different. And it can support you in the times like what you've gone through. You have your sisters there, whether it's a good time or a bad time. So I'm curious in your experience with being connected. You started off at Alpha Pi, which is a collegiate chapter. How are some of the ways that you felt connected with your sisters as a collegian that transferred to being an alumna? Definitely just our little activities and things we do connected in the chapter. Like our chapter was really small. We didn't have more than maybe like 67 women, which is nice because it was like, I can actually know every single person's name. And like, yes, big chapters of a thousand people, like that's terrifying, but it's also really great of, you know, there's multiple sisters, but you know, having a 67 person chapter was really great. Um, I was chapter wellness my last year in Alpha Pi and I founded our Valentine's Day activities, which were kind of like, you know, instead of Valentine's Day, well, you, you'll celebrate Valentine's Day with your boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, but let's do this just for sisters and like our bond with sisterhood. Um, we had a thing called the student center on our campus, which was basically like, we were a large commuter school. So a lot of our students would just like sit there we would always have an AGD table where everyone just like comes together and it just kept us connected. These small little activities or, you know, grabbing food before meeting or grabbing food after meeting or doing homework after meeting, um, hosting all these small events, big little reveal, those type of things connected me in the chapter that when I left in the chapter, I had a bunch of sisters who I'm still friends with still close with. We still do brunch. We did a Valentine's Day brunch. Um, We hang out and have movie nights. We talk about stuff. And it also kept me connected in a way that I had such a great experience that I will always come back. And when like they need help with recruitment practice or they need help with X, Y, and Z, or um, they need help with like a social media related thing. And I could like drop in and just give a little bit bit of advice. Um, Those small experiences in my chapter connected me so hard that I want to give back in the way I can. I want to keep connected with the active members. Um, And also like specifically for my family tree, I had my mind is definitely the largest in our chapter. It still is. And so when I left, I really wanted to make it important that me and my sister daughters had a really great relationship, which we do. And then our family tree just started to branch out and branch out. And like now I'm a G mom again, but I'm also a G mom. So it's funny how like I know every single new member who's coming into our family. We have a group chat. We have brunch. Um, the brunch is always the best part. Um, and we just kind of hang out and talk, getting to celebrate engagements, getting to celebrate, you know, moving and finding great jobs. Um, and our family tree really kept me connected to these women in the chapter that even when I'm out and I'm an alum and they're active, we still talk about those important things. I'm still going to be at their weddings. I'm still going to be there like nagging, like, do you have everything for your wedding? You know, do you need the safety kit? Do you need this, this, and this? Um, But those experiences definitely um, have reminded me to keep on, you know, being with my sisters and having important conversations and being with them. I love that. And I love that you're so connected with them. And who doesn't love a good brunch? Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am curious. You are a Black woman. And can you tell me how your identity as a Black woman impacts the way you connect to the world? I guess I connect in a very open way, but I'm really strongly in trusting certain values of people or trusting people and giving people a chance to trust and earn my trust and earn their trust. Um, Definitely as a Black woman, like my experience in college, um, I went to one of the most diverse campuses in the country. 
um, our chapter was one of the most diverse and still is, which is really great. Like I left and they're like, you're still diverse. And I'm like, yay. Um, really helped me just see a really good side in the world. And I'm not going to lie. Social media is tough. Like I got a PR degree. I understand. But now it's like, I'm a internet creator. I am a content creator and it's difficult. It's hard. You deal with racism every day. You deal with prejudice every day. You deal with misogyny every day. Um, It can take a toll on your mental health. It can take a toll on just your human well-being in general. Um, But luckily enough, um, the sisters who I call my friends, my family, always there. Um, My sister Grace actually, um, once or twice a week, she lives really close, but we're on opposite schedule. People call me, she's like, how are you doing? How's everything going? How's the TikTok stuff going? To make sure like I'm not in a weird place of just like despair. Because I love making happy content, but when someone like sits there and calls you names or fat shames you or does X, Y, and Z, like Grace just knows. She just calls me like the randomest time. She's just like, hello, I know something's going on. Tell me what's going on. And Luckily enough, like being a black woman, like they don't see color with me. Like, yes, they see color. They know I'm black, but they don't treat me like anything else. They treat me like family. Um, Emily treats me like family, which is really nice. Like I was going through something really difficult and her family just welcomed me. I stayed over at their house. I met her nieces and nephews and being a black woman. Yes, it can be difficult. Yes, it can be really hard. Um, we're strong. We're resilient. And the my viewpoint in the world is we make an impact. Um, in a positive way. We're here for change. We're here to support others. Um, that's how I was raised. And I think a lot of Black women are raised that way. Um, and our world, point, our world point of view is to be like really nurturing human beings and also giving strength to people who need it. Um, definitely, that's what my parents do for me. That's what my friends do for me. And I definitely want to do it for others. And that's why I kind of kept doing what I'm doing. And I still am doing what I'm doing. Listening between the lines, if you will, I'm kind of still hearing some of that continue mentality in that as well yeah i i don't know it's just there it's like in the back of your head it's like hello i'm here continue (laughs) (laughs) so you do mention this in your ird speech a little bit it's a very brief uh mention but you know you're looking to continue you're looking to continue with your community in general as we're battling isolation as we're battling coronavirus and the toll it takes how are you personally contributing to that and that act of continuing on uh, definitely in the mental health sector. Um, so my mental health was absolute garbage during the lockdown. I had multiple make- mental breakdowns. I was crying every day. Most of the crying was because I was in physical pain, but other crying was mentally because I was in pain. And I am now an ambassador for NAMI, which is a National Mental Health Alliance, uh, which is really great. My platform was able to connect me with them and really speak on mental health. Like growing up, um, mental health was not a thing that was talked about in my family. It was kind of just like you pray and it solves your problems. And I'm like, God is great. God is good, you know, but praying doesn't solve everything there's you need to be able to like have discussions about what you're going through and it shouldn't be a stigma for people of color specifically black people to talk about their mental health to talk about depression to talk about anxiety and definitely using my platform to share my mental health to share pcos advocacy um to raise awareness um definitely for hunger as well because i do live in, in detroit where we're kind of in a food desert a little bit. So we talk about that as well. And I'm using my platform to specifically, again, mental health, PCOS, and hunger, because those are things, one, hunger was the thing that was really important to me in college because of my sorority. But 
because, you know, mental health and the whole pandemic really shed a light on, I was not okay. And I think millions of millions of people would not be okay. And the isolation did not help. Um, I definitely like March through June, I did not see any of my friends, not even once. And that took a toll on my mental health with someone being such an, you know, people person and not seeing people other than your family was like, I'm going crazy. <laughs> um, but no, I'm definitely using my platform to continue on to talk about my mental health. And um, there's days where I'm not in a good place, but I'm sharing that I'm not in a good place and letting people know that it's okay not to be okay. And it's okay to have conversations about not being okay. Um, it does not make you less than, it does not make you weak. It does not make you a horrible person and you're not a burden. I think the one thing I'm really like reinforcing now on my platform is like, you're not a burden. I always felt like a burden during coronavirus to my friends um, in a sense of like, I would call them like once every other day and we'll talk for like three to four hours. And that's not the case. They, they're your friends. They love and care about you and they want to know you're okay and never feeling like you're a burden to anyone because they choose to have you in their life and you choose to have them in their lives um, is something really important. So yeah. I agree. It's incredibly important. It gets back to that being connected for life theme that we kind of are talking about here. You need connections for your entire lifetime, not even just in a global pandemic. Agreed. I'm curious, what is your favorite TikTok or video that you have made? Do you have one? Oh, um, I think I have a couple. Um, well, okay. As of last year, right? I had to say last year because I haven't had anything like go super viral this year. Well, that's a lie. Um, I had like seven videos go super viral, but uh, if I had to say last year, um, definitely the continue video. And also there was a video of this girl making a chicken sandwich for her boyfriend. And I don't know, it was like right before photo shoot, I was doing a photo shoot for my podcast um, with my brother. So I like got all dressed up in my favorite yellow dress and this girl's making a chicken sandwich for her boyfriend. And I was like, okay, I better be the hype man for this woman. Like I'm hyping her up making a chicken sandwich. Like, my reactor videos are really weird because they can't hear what I'm saying. They've already recorded it. I'm just reacting to it. So I'm there like hyping this woman up. Yeah, like put it in the buttermilk, you know, and I'm just dancing along too. And it was definitely one of my favorites because I'm just like, I'm having a great time literally watching a woman make a chicken sandwich, um, which was really great. And I think my final one would be there was a doctor um, who just celebrated, you know, going through med school, going through her residency in her car. And I was like, yes, go on, girl, you got this. And then she was like, I passed. I can now actually officially be a doctor. So getting to hype her up was really great, too. And I think those are definitely some of my favorite videos I've done so far um, out of last year. Um, this year, um, one that actually just went recently viral was um, a young lady was making salad for her family. And I didn't know this at the time, but she was getting like thousands of thousands of reacts and people were just like hating on her. And I normally just react how I was reacting. And for like a couple hours later, people were like, she's so nice. She's so sweet. And I'm like, what is going on right now? Because they're just all commenting on her mind. This is like, this is the nicest thing I've seen. I was like really confused. And so the original creator of that video commented down. Um, she was like, thank you for being so nice and gentle and sweet. And I asked, like, what's happening? Like, why are you guys always saying that? Have you never seen any of my videos? And they're like, no, no, no. So basically, like, a lot of people were bullying her and, you know, making fun of how she, like, made the salad, how she was cutting. And I was like, no, that, that doesn't matter. Like, you're cooking, you're having fun. It looks like a delicious dish. Um, and I just, it was just, you know, bringing a little bit of light and being personally a genuine human made her day and made her smile even though she was going through absolute like hell and 
people were just like teasing, bullying. I didn't know that. But getting to know that afterwards, like three days later, that, you know, this video really put a smile on this girl's face and brought a, a lot of joy to her when she needed it um, is definitely one of my favorite videos um, so far. I love that. You sound like the TikTok hype woman almost. I'm trying to be. <laughs> Well, we're at the point in our program where I like to ask all of our guests this one question. If you've been listening, you know what this is, but what is your purpose? I think my purpose is definitely to bring a lot of people joy. I didn't think I had one as I was going through what I was going through two years ago. I felt like I didn't have one going through coronavirus. I was like, there was days where I was like, I don't think I'm going to wake up. And I, I don't feel like I've done my life's purpose or finished everything in my life's purpose. And so after accidentally blowing up again um, on the internet, I think my life's purpose is to bring people joy and happiness in the way I can of just being myself, being genuine, and just honestly making people laugh, um, but also um, making an impact in the government sector somehow. You know, bringing change from women in healthcare is definitely one of my biggest platforms, um, advocating for funding in healthcare advocating for less discrimination in the healthcare field against women. I think those are some of my life's purposes. And I definitely want to be able to make as much impact while I'm still here um, on this earth. <laughs> definitely for sure. I love how multifaceted your answer is. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I was like, there's multiple purposes in life. Definitely multiple purposes. Yeah, you don't have to have just one. You can have more than one purpose. I think we talk about this a lot on our podcast. We've had a few guests mention it of your purpose can change through time, but I think there's also something to be said of you don't always have to have one purpose at a time. Agreed. Agreed. So if our listeners want more of you, where should they go? What are your plugs? Oh, oh okay. Um, IG, um, Instagram. I feel like if I say IG, like people might not understand. So on Instagram, I'm Play Cheerleader. On TikTok, it is Tega Reacts. On Twitter, it is also Play Cheerleader. On um, YouTube, it's Tega. I know that's really a lot. I tried to like. No, I love it. <laughs> but like the platforms are like, no, we know you are w as what you are. You're not changing. You can't leave. Most likely TikTok will tell me like, you can't be Tega Reacts anymore. You just got to be Tega. Um, I'm waiting for that day to come. They've, they've actually done that to a lot of people. There's people who are just like Kate Reacts or something like that. And now she's just Kate. And I'm just like. There was a reason behind that. So I'm waiting for them to be like, Tiga Rax is no more. It is just Tiga. But yeah, I think that's all my plugs. Um, I'm trying to be more on YouTube as well, um, doing rack videos and also showing more of like a day-to-day, -day, like what, what I do for my job. I work from home. So like I basically just live in my apartment. Um, so I show that and how I make my videos. And I'm slowly working on putting together like full-length react videos to movies. Um, so that's something exciting that I feel like everyone is looking forward to. It's been asked for a while. And I was just like, do you have time to make full React YouTube videos? Do you? Because it takes a while. <laughs> so um, That's the question. Is there time? Is there time? It, it, it's difficult. Um, my first attempt got banned by um, YouTube, and now I'm on my fourth attempt. So let, let's see if I can actually do it. And you have a podcast, right? Yes, I do have a podcast. It's currently on a season break, but I'm hoping to start it back up in April. Um, continue by Tigger Oro. Um, I talk about like growing up African. I talk about my mental health. Um, I talk about so much. Um, we're putting together some actual dedicated specialists 
um, through NAMI, um, a actual family social worker talking about like, you know, growing up as a black woman and talking about mental health. Um, I'm reaching out to a body positivity friend of mine on TikTok to talk about body positivity. Um, so the next season will be a lot more in depth, a lot more special and more reinforcing the idea is like you can continue on with no matter what you're going through. And it'll be really, really exciting. Um, and also I'm hoping, well, I think I can say this. I think I can. Yes. Um, there will hopefully soon be an ABC special on me and some other TikTokers about being a black content creator. Um, and it'll be on my podcast where I talk about it. And um, it'll also be on ABC News. That's so exciting. As always, we'll link everything we can in our on our podcast page. So go check those out. Go get some more content of Tega. And like we mentioned before, she is the IRD 2021 speechwriter. So if you're in it, if you are attending an IRD, she is your speechwriter. She will have a video that you can use for your group or you can use the traditional written speech like we've always had. But go check that out. Go see what we've been talking about. It's a great speech. And I know it's inspired me and I'm sure it'll inspire all of you. Tega, thank you so much for being here today. And I hope that everyone learns to continue on. Thank you for having me. Love, Lead, Listen is recorded and produced at Alpha Gamma Delta International Headquarters and is generously funded by the Alpha Gamma Delta Foundation. Episodes are released every two weeks, so make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you don't miss out on any of our episodes. If you like this show, make sure to rate us five stars on iTunes and don't forget to share it with your friends. If you have an idea for a future episode or any other feedback, send us an email at podcast at alphagammadelta.org. I'm your host, Emily Weiss, and that's all for today. See you next time.